Good morning, folks. To you and those at the hub. Just a minute on this. Uh, give a dollar a day to the work of the MWS. They will channel to the uh, help of the people who need need a meal for a day and so on. So you would like to give generously to the work of the Lord's work here to the MWS. Well, this morning I have a team in mind to share with you for this meditation entitled uh, Remember the Grace of God. And the scripture is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 13, uh, 17 to 26, talking about the Lord's Supper that Paul has uh, reminded the Corinthians church. Uh, you have your Bible or follow the text. You would like to read quietly on your own. Uh, really listen to the voice of the Spirit. There it goes. But in the following instructions, I do not command you. Because you come together, it is not for the better or for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I heard that there are divisions among you. I believe in part. For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one of you goes ahead with own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in it? Or do you despise the church of God? and humiliate those who have nothing, what should I say to you? Do I command you to do this? No, I will not. For I receive from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And we had given thanks, he broke it, said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he, until he comes again. This is the word of the Lord. And let us pray. God our Father, we thank you for this moment of worship. Thank you for allowing us be still before you and allow the Holy Spirit to come by to minister your word to us. We thank you for the freedom of worship, freedom of reading your word. And so we pray as your people, Lord, you speak and all the people here will listen. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This morning, as I was doing my preparation the past weeks, uh, remember the word remember came on very uh, strongly in my uh, prompting by the Spirit. And so I'm kind of drawn to talk about the grace of God. And it would be good to make some reflection on the Holy Communion and also the celebration that we had just uh, last weekend as a church. Do you recall, folks, what we had last weekend? We just celebrated our 40th church anniversary. 
with a fundraising dinner on a Saturday night. Uh, we have 60 over tables and we thank God the, the donation that we raised able to uh, channel to three social organizations like the Renqi Nursing Home, the Awa, and also the Amogyo uh, Family Center. So we also thank God for the generosity of some sponsors for the dinner that enable us to kind of bless others in this way. Then we have the virtual choir, uh, talk about many gifts, one spirit. Then we have the songwriting project and also uh, remember the blessed program that we have uh, during that kind of period from May to September. And so folks, this is a very exciting event that we have just gone by. So we thank God for our brother Tong Kwan and his committee. Tong Kwan is a lay leader and his team and others who have put in a lot of effort for that celebration. Uh, we praise God and thank God for the job well done at that celebration. But typically speaking, the word 40th or 40s, you realize there's some kind of connection, events that happen in the Bible. Just to name you some, we have Genesis uh, 7, talk about the flood that Noah's family encounter in the people. Talk about the rain fell for 40 days and 40 nights. And so the earth was flooded. Then we talk about the book in Exodus, when uh, Moses was called to lead the people out to Egypt. And they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And even you look at Moses' life, he lived up to 120. But uh, Bible commentary, some of them, he had three sections to it. The first 40 years, he spent in the Pharaoh's court, growing as a doubt, learning, a very well-learned uh, person. The second 40 years, he spent in the land of Midian, Midian as a shepherd or farmer, uh, tentering. We took a very humble kind of job from a prince, so-called in the Egyptian court, to an uh, ordinary farmer. Then the last 40 years, he was called to be the leader, to lead the people of Egypt uh, into the promised land. But as the event went, he did not enter. He died in the wilderness. Then in the New Testament, we kind of learn the Lord himself was on 40 days and 40, night, 40, days and 40 nights in fasting in the wilderness. And so you can try to trace back there this 40 kind of uh, biblical sense and you know, his biblical uh, event. And today you look at Amokyo Matrichet. We passed our 40 years. What do you think? We still got many more years to go. But we want to thank God as we look back the 40 years. Uh, the church has started from a very humble beginning in the house church in Mayflower, resident there, and to what we have a five story kind of building with the current membership in track here, speaking, uh, 1002 strength. And we thank God for the core leaders who continue to serve the Lord with the delegation and commitment. And we have a team of pastoral uh, folks serving. And together with you, the people of God, continue to 
uh, reach out to the community here and the mission that God has started with us 40 years ago. So deep in my heart, I believe, you know, uh, God could do a new chapter of ministry with us. Just looking at the A and A work, you know, the additions and alteration work that currently is on. You will hear more about this news in the coming days a week that we want to improve the facilities and expanding the usage of the place here. The truth, though to the 40 years that we have gone by, God will go and move the church to another chapter of ministry before us. So we want to thank God for the 40 years that we have passed. So the word remember is God has started the work here and He will continue with you and the generation to come. By then, I think I'm fully retiring. Uh, no more football, really. <laughs> colleague will say. But you will be around, folks. Carry on. Taking the banner of Christ, move on. So this morning, our thought uh, to share with you, I have two in mind. How does God's grace come to us? As we want to remember Him. Goodness. First is by taking partaking of the Lord's Supper. The second is by accepting God's love in us. Let's go to the first point by, by taking the Lord's Supper. So therefore, I need to draw your attention to this background text on 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Just to bring out a point also in the Corinthians church, they are not really a united church. They are having a problem called disunity or division, even when they come to the Lord's table. Uh, the background is, you can read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, the early verses, that there were this talk about following Paul, following Apollos, following Cyphus, or following Christ. There were divisions or who to follow. That was the kind of background the Corinthians church was having. And so Paul got to correct them about coming to the Lord's Supper. Uh, you can read from the text, they were not really uh, having the Lord's Supper. They were actually having literally a potluck meal. They brought the food together and share, and they really they had supper, but without the Lord. Now Paul was saying, if you really know the meaning of the Lord's Supper, then you will not do this, because... In the midst, the rich could afford, therefore they brought a lot of food and they eat and consume on themselves. Well, the poor, they come, or they came, but then they didn't to eat. And so they can see the disparity of the poor and the rich there. And so Paul reminded them, as he came for the Lord's Supper, ages to remember what Jesus has started with them. That the Lord has reminded them that the night before he was betrayed, he took bread, broke it and said, this is my body given for you. Then he initiated the new covenant of the blood that he shed by offering them the cup and so on. And so here Paul reminded them, when you come to the Lord's table or the Lord's supper, it was not for food or food per se. There was a meaning behind that Jesus has started or instituted for us. And so Paul got to kind of write this 
to remind them. And in fact, in verse 26, Paul says, We will observe this, the Lord's Supper, till he comes again. What was Paul saying here? Paul saying that when the Lord's Supper was concerned, we will take it to remember Jesus until he comes again, the second coming of Christ. Meaning to you and to me, it is a long, a lifelong commitment. Not just touch and go kind of feeling or per month that you and I are having. But when we think about the Lord's Supper or the Holy Communion, as we say today, there's a reflection for us. A reflection is to remind ourselves we do not deserve to have that communion for us simply because of our sinful nature. But thank God, through His grace, we can make it to the table to where Jesus was saying, Come, I welcome you to the table. And so Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 clearly teaches us, Therefore by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. In other words, not because you have really done a lot of good work or charity, thank God for all this, to earn you a place in God's kingdom, but rather it is only by grace that you and I can come to Him. Nothing on us, no merit on us, but the grace of God through the coming of Jesus that enables us to be at the Lord's table. So it will be good for us to remember the grace of God. In fact, the second verse I'd like to show you is Romans chapter 5, verse 8, say how Christ died for our sin. For God commanded His love to us while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, why we are still having a sinful nature, nothing good coming from us, in that condition, Jesus died for us. He did not choose you, whether you are good or bad, then he died. As long as we remain a sinner, we know we have no way to come back to God, and Christ died for us. I want to share this quotation that I pick up when someone writes beautifully describing our condition before God. Which says, broken, abandoned, lost in the depth of our sins. We were dead in the polluted waters, but the hand of the Master Redeemer plucked us out, crafted us into new creation. The hollow, hollow shell, cell that sins craft within us now res- resonate with life, sound that glorifies Christ. In turn, we fill our world with unsurpassed harmony of His presence. We thank God for the change of life, the transformation of life in us by the way that Christ comes to us. He plucked us out, so-called maybe the muddy water, the polluted water, and make us a new creation before Him. So as we observe the communion, the Lord has started or instituted for us. It is really our act of worship, expressing our gratefulness, thankfulness and devotion to Christ and Christ alone. So folks, remember the grace of God.
remember how the grace of God come to us. My second thought with you this morning is looking at the grace of God come to us is by accepting His love in us. Let me share with you a story written by my favorite author, Max Lucado, or someone called Lucado, entitled The Orphan Train. Talk about the train that carried all the orphans together. It will say that between the year 1854 and 1929, about 200 children were packed into the train travel across America from the east to the west bound. And then along the way, they will kind of get themselves down uh, to let the villagers or the people staying in those uh, places to look at them. If they are suitable, the orphans will be adopted or be fostered by the villagers or families. And it was said that uh, a boy by the name, I call him Peter, aged only eight, and the other two brothers uh, boarded the train at New York City. Uh, before they left, a physical father uh, kind of maybe cannot afford to take care of them because you send them off. Give Peter the address and the name of himself staying in New York and to remind him that when he reached his destination, he could write back to the physical father or the earthly father. So Peter took the note and put it in his pocket to secure it. But along the journey, as he kind of uh, uh, fell asleep, but when he embarked in the states of Texas, he discovered the note was disappeared. What did that? What does that mean to Peter then? He meant that he lost his contact with his earthly father altogether. And you could imagine the frustration, disappointment, the chaos that he faced. How could I contact my father again in New York? But to tell you the story short and sweet, the story did end well. The other two brothers were adopted somehow, and Peter was also adopted by a Christian family. And he was said that when he entered the home, actually he was quite reluctant to join the strangers. You know, as a young boy, he would try to find excuses and even want to run, run away. But when he entered the home, and hence his first meal, and before he could take the food, the foster mother stopped him. Hey boy, hold on. We need to say grace. Of course, he didn't know what his grace is about. But then through that prayer, he learned that God was a father to the family and really surprised him and shocked him. Because he thought, I'm no more father already. My father kind of, or I miss my father already, or he left me or I left him. But where could I find another father? But through that prayer, he was ministered and touched that God could be his heavenly father. And from that on, he learned and placed his faith in God. It's a beautiful story ended in that way. 
they're coming from nowhere. It's often, in a way, trying to give up by the parents. But now he found God, his life. Let me pause a while for you and kind of let you think over. How would you feel if you were like Peter? I'm sure some of you would be like him. You feel the sense of loss. No one to turn to. It seemed that everything had worked against him as he left the home and he wished he could have a family together. But we want to thank God that God came to him and ministered to him. So the question is, were you able to open your heart to God at where you are today? Especially, God seems so far away from you. Would you open your heart to Him? I pray that you will be like Peter, saying that although he may have lost the Father, but he has found God, or God has found him. Our second reflection here, thinking about the grace of God, is to look at this verse in Ephesians chapter 4, or uh, rather in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. It says that, For I will be merciful toward the iniquities, I will remember the sins no more. To me, this is a beautiful nature of God to us. The God today continue to remind us to His grace. Even though you and I may have failed Him or could not live up to the call of God in us as disciples of Jesus, we feel so unworthy and lost. God's word to us this morning is be reassured. He will remember our sin no more. And I like this author who writes that God not only forgives, He forgets. I will remember the sin no more. But God remember us, but not our sins. And here you say that with His perfect love, God never holds grudges against us. Can He? Being God Himself, can He hold up grudges with us? I don't think so. God cannot be like us. We hold a lot of grudges to people, right? And sometimes we thought God may like this. But here the scripture reminds us God never holds any grudges with us. Because if He holds grudges with us, we can simply say goodbye to Him and walk away from Him. We don't need really that God with us. Because He's like the same with us. The fact that God is so different, He bears no sin, He holds no grudges, He remembers our sin no more. We thank God for that. So folks, this is how we see God's great comfort. That we need to accept His love for us in order to really for us to appreciate what the grace of God means to us. That He is so close 
and He watches over us. So in conclusion, just a thought for you to remember the grace of God here. That when we come to the Lord's Supper, remember we can come only because His grace has enabled us to come. Because by our own merit, we are far, far away from God. We can never. A second thought to remind us that as you come to God, let thank Him for your unceasing love toward us, that He forgives and He also forgets our sins. He, no, he holds no grudges against us, and let us be sure that we hold no grudges to others. You know, I was saying in the first service, sometimes we are so disturbed by uh, some hawker store folks who sell things to us. They are so crowdy, so moody, so unfriendly. You will tell yourself, I will never go to the store again. It's so easy to hold, right? But somehow, I still go back. You know why? The food is still good. <laughs> and that helped me to forget and forgive those kind of uh, reception that we had. So I feel so so relieved to share with you that maybe some night happened to you. That all you need to do is ask the Lord for the strength and learn from Him that God not only forgives us, but He forgets the sin that we have done. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Our Father, we want to thank you for this moment of meditation. You remember how your grace come to us and come to us so strong and beautiful. And so we pray for these dear ones as we live our life before you and truly be given the strength to honor you to what you've given to us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.